Welcome back to Team Talk, ESPN Radio 1017, the team here till 7 o'clock tonight. And then we've got the Celtics and the Golden State Warriors right here on 1017, the team. Scott Galetti will join us in the 6 o'clock hour. He's Sam Hauser. I'm Joe O'Neill. And joining us now in the Daniels Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning Cool Take Hotline is David Muddit. He's a PGA professional. He's played in... Five majors, five PGAs, and uh, thank you, David, for uh, joining us. I listened to you guys over the weekend on the Grady's uh, Golf Show, but I wanted to have you on today uh, just to kind of recap, you know, uh, all the activity over the weekend. The The Live Tournament started and finished as scheduled, and then, you know, they we had the Canadian Open that uh, started and finished as scheduled, but a lot was going on on the sidelines, too, about this whole uh, Live thing. Where do you see things as they are today, David? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I'm not really sure. I'll say this. I watched both of them. Um, that Canadian Open was pretty exciting. I mean, I know first place is nowhere what it was in London, but, I mean, could, the PJ Tour couldn't have hoped for a better Sunday finish than that after everything that's happened the last week. Yeah, yeah, and I think, you know, me asking you that is such a general question, and I think the cliche, time will tell, uh, is like really, really uh, goes along with what's going on. Uh, so so here was Jim Nance uh, yesterday during the broadcast of that Canadian Open. I want to play this cut and uh, get your thoughts, David. Listen, I know people can say that uh, we have a relationship with the PGA Tour, and we do, and we're proud of it, yeah. but I think about... What I keep hearing from people, too, is a, is a, is a sense of disappointment, even a little betrayal. That they've always been told the story, and I know it was true at some point in their careers. The dream was to play on the PGA Tour, build a legacy, build your future financially. And the tour's been good to them. It's a Great. tour Absolutely. that has come into these communities for decades and made these communities better than how they were when they first got there. I'm talking not millions. Yeah. I'm talking billions of dollars. So there you go, uh, David. And, um, you know, we also heard Curtis Strange come out, uh, you know, talking about this. And, you know, you uh, have you know, played uh, in, you know, these these big events. Um, so you get perspective on this. Um, what's your thoughts on hearing Jim Nance mention stuff like that? Yeah, I think, I think it's completely true. I don't think any player on the PJ Tour ever said, I want to get to the PGA Tour, play against the best players in the world because I'm going to make a lot of money. I cannot imagine. I'm talking before their career takes off, right? But that, I don't think, was the goal of any of them. It's a perk of what happens when you do that. There's no two ways about it. But I, Yeah, it, that's exactly right. They wanted to build a legacy. They wanted to win majors. You know, they want to see how they are against the best players in the world. I mean... No disrespect to Charles Schwartzel, but when was the last time he won a tournament? Well, you're right. And, right? and I mean, you look at Rory and Justin Thomas and Justin Rose and Tony Finau going at it yesterday, just making birdie after birdie after eagle, and it's like, that's one of the best tournaments I've watched in a while. That live tour was nothing like that. Absolutely nothing like that. Right. I mean, so, so many people, and I know it's their first event, anything start is, is always going to have a slow start um, and, and not have the excitement initially but yeah at the end of the day if you're just playing for money that's not as exciting to watch 
you know. I don't, you think Rory, I mean, you could see Rory yesterday, he was nervous, he would missed a couple of those short putts. That wasn't because of the first place prize, and it wouldn't have mattered what the first place prize was. That would not have been his nerves. His nerves are because he wants to win on the PJ Tour against the best players in the world and create a legacy to where, I mean, he's won 21 times. Rory could win 50 times before he's done. You know, it's like Dodan is one of the best ever. But now, Rory, I guess maybe it's a bad example because he got paid hundreds of millions anyway from Nike, but yeah. Well, all the people that went to the lives, every one of them has passed their prime apart from Dustin Johnson. Well, actually, let's, let's face it. So, uh, did you I, I, did you know any uh, anybody that actually went to that uh, tournament in London there, David? Yeah, actually, uh, five of my friends drove down from where I live and went, and they said it was it was it was a fun deal. It was you know there was a lot of stuff going on. It was cool, but you know they've also flown over and watched me play in my PJ Championships, and they said it's not even you know it's, it's not even right. the same thing. But like I said, it's the first event. Time will tell. Maybe it will work out, but unless you're going to get a spectacle like you had on Sunday in Canada, people lose interest, you know? It's like, I don't care if first place is 10 million. If nobody wants to watch right, exactly. me, and you, me, me and you play for $10 million, who cares? Right, and that was kind <laughs> they, of a... They want, to see the best, they want to see the best golfers in the world. And, and that's what the PJ Tour has. And the Live Tour does not have that at this moment. Now, if they get it, and if this whole situation figures itself out, maybe. But when you've only got, there was only, let's say, 10 or 15 guys in that tournament that you would consider big-time players, right? Well, guess what? The chances that they all play well in the same week are so slim. On the PJ Tour, you get it every week, two of the biggest and best, because... There's so many of them. Great point. You're not, you're not going to get that on the limb, but you just, you might get lucky once and have Dustin and Phil battling it out, but. How often is that going to happen? No, yeah, yesterday, no. David, I said the same thing. I was like looking at that leaderboard, and I said that leaderboard. If the U.S. Open had that leaderboard uh, this coming week, they'd be thrilled. I mean, and like you said, it was uh, the Canadian Open. I'm going to bring Sam in here. Uh, you, uh, your sidekick on Saturday mornings, David. Go ahead, Sam. Yeah, you hear him Saturday mornings here on 1017. The team, the Acre 80s Golf Show. Uh, he's on there with uh, Jerome Espinoza, David Muddit with us on ESPN Radio 1017. The team. So, uh, David, just kind of going back to the the betrayal word that Jim Nance threw out there. I mean, all of this is is wait and see as far as how the two leagues coincide with each other. And even then, there's so many different layers to this with the uh, the 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 back the Saudi backing of Live Golf and and everything else. But just from the golf side of this, where is the upside? Do you think? In the PGA Tour, or actually, let me actually let me ask it this way: What do you think about the PGA Tour's approach to 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 condemn their own golfers and and say they need us more than we need them as these guys are are going to the live? Because that was kind of the takeaway. Uh, 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 Monahan, the the commissioner of the tour, was on uh, the CBS broadcast, and that was kind of the the sentiment was those guys need us more than we need them. Yeah, I mean it's tricky. Like. Um I mean, betrayal is a strong word, obviously. It, it's a tough one. I mean, I, I, see, I, I see both sides. I certainly see 
why Jay Monaghan and the PJ Tour have taken their approach. They have to protect, protect what they've got, protect the players that want to stay there. If they're just going to let people willy-nilly go and do all this other stuff and then still enjoy the perks of the PGA Tour. It's like, well, you can't, you can't have it both ways, guys. Like, if you want to go for $200 million and play for $4 million first prize every week in a 54-hole shotgun event, you know, that's your decision. Just like Rory said, that's their decision to do that. Well, so let me ask you, let me ask you, David. But you can't then, you can't then come and play the PGA Tour also. Now, initially, I think if these two groups of people had have got together and... The Saudis said, look, we want to pump a bunch of money into golf. We want to change it up a little bit. We want to host a series of six events throughout the year that's associated with the PGA Tour. I feel like they could have worked together and made this something really, really good. Well, let me ask I don't you, know if you I don't were, know why that didn't happen. But. No, and and, and I, I apologize again. We're talking to David Mudd, uh, PGA professional. He's with us here on on one one seven. The team. If you were in Jay Monahan's shoes, as it stands right now, the guys that are over there, they're suspended and really not even considered, you know, as members of, of the PGA Tour right now. But you know, the likes of of Dustin Johnson and some of these top guys that decided to make that move over to live. If, if you were in Jay Monahan's shoes, would you? Invite them back at some point if if, if this if this uh, if this live golf fizzles out or whatever or these guys get their money and decide they don't want to do it anymore it gets boring whatever it is and they want to come back to the PGA Tour would you let them back in? Ooh, uh, yeah, that's a very tough question. I mean, I guess I would guess when he sat there and saw the names. He was probably only upset with a few of them that, that they were leaving. The other list, he's probably like, okay, I mean, whatever. Like, they're great players. They bring a crowd. But they, we only have those people for a few more years anyway, you know, like Westwood, Poulter, these guys that are old or getting older, right? They're not, they're not superstars of the PGA Tour anymore by any means, you know. They're not the Rory's. They're not the Spieth. They're not the Justin Thomas's. So I, I, I would have to say no. He probably isn't going to do that. Now he may say, "Guys, if you want to go to Q School and qualify and do it, go for it." You know, <laughs> I don't think he would stop them doing that. But I, yeah, I don't know. In my opinion, the majors kind of hold all of the power here because if those guys—well, there's two things: the majors and world ranking points. If these guys like. You're Taylor Gooch, for example, right? Fantastic young player. Uh, is qualified for the majors at the moment. But if he can no longer play the PGA Tour, and he's only got his four major championships to get world ranking points, well, in two years, he's not even going to be able to play a major. Because yeah. he's not going to be qualified. So if they don't get world ranking points, these guys think, oh, I'll just play my lip tournaments and then I'll play the majors. Well, guess what? You may not be able to play the majors. <laughs> Obviously, you, Dustin Johnson is exempt for a while. Phil's exempt for a little while. Uh, of that list, I'm, that, that, that's probably it, right? I mean, no Deschambeau, no, 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 Reed. They they they're not qualified yeah. for a while. No, sorry, I, I was I was just thinking of the people that played this last week. Yeah, I know. No, I, I, yeah, I, I, obviously, I, obviously, obviously, Reed is and Deschambeau is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
Hey, so, so that, read, read won the Masters. He's exempted to the Masters for the rest of time. But <laughs> you give it, you give it two years of no world ranking points, and he's in the same shoes as everybody else. No, no doubt. Okay, okay. So speaking of majors, I love talking majors with you because you played in five of them, uh, David. And uh, this week uh, is Brookline, Massachusetts, uh, a place called the Country Club. And you better be the if you're the Country Club. Uh, I know the the place has been you know around since 1880s and stuff three of the majors you played were tucked in in the northeast there uh and this 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 course is being described as as rugged and and whatnot um you know so give us you know your thoughts on what we'll see this week what do you expect uh out of this course uh will it uh hold up um do you expect that the scores will be very um, like deep into under par at all at the end. What What are your thoughts just uh, in in kind of handicapping this next week's U.S. Open with just you know talking golf and none of this live stuff, David? Uh, I mean, it's the U.S. Open. It's going to be hard. Sure, it's not going to be very much under par. I do not know much about that golf course. I know they had a Ryder Cup there in '99. That's about all I know. Uh, I will say the fans up there can be absolutely brutal. <laughs> I have a story from Baltusrol. I was walking out of the clubhouse, and you can't. It, you came out the locker room in this back way, and then there was this like a drink stand up on the right that was probably twenty feet in the air, and they're all up there drinking, right? And they're just yelling abuse. <laughs> and I mean, I'm not doing anything. I'm literally just walking out the locker room, just walking to go to the range, and they just these group of guys are like. Um, I can't swear on the radio, but, you know, who are you? You're terrible. No, no, oh, all just, just hurling abuse. I don't even know who I am. They don't even know my name because I don't even have my bag. Hurling abuse. I had a ball in my pocket. I took my ball out and I just kind of chucked it up that and then they caught it and then they were hooting and hollering. And they just, <laughs> that, you know, they're there to have a good time. They don't, they don't even really mean what they're saying because they don't even know what they're talking about. Right, they didn't even right. Know who they were. right, 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 right. Yeah. Well, hopefully so, you got treated uh, better. In some of you these can, other, you can get some abuse. That's for sure. Well, and and I'm going to just say it right now. We'll time will tell on this. We'll know next Monday when we're doing the show. Is like it'll be interesting to see how these players will be received. Uh, you know, uh, in that Boston area. Uh, you know, uh, golf course there, Brookline, Massachusetts. Um, you know, there was stuff that came out over the weekend. Uh, about uh, you know the, that nine eleven united dot org had sent a, a letter uh, to you know the uh, you know the camp of Mickelson and DeChambeau and DJ and Reed and Na uh, and and such. Uh, so you know. Phil Mickelson has always been adored in that part of the country when he's played, you know, I, I think of Beth Page. I mean, he by far was the most popular guy and, you know, on a couple of occasions in tournaments. So it'll be interesting to see how received he is. Uh, but uh, like everything, David, time will tell. And thank you so much for joining us here uh, on Team Talk, David Muddit. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for the call. Okay, you got it. Uh, that's a PGA professional David Muddit. Yes, you heard me right. Five majors he's played in, uh, and he's over there at Los Altos Golf Course. Go by, say hello. He he does lessons. I've taken them from him. He's a good man, and uh, he's part of 
uh, on Saturday mornings, we do the team or the eight Grady's golf show uh, with Jerome Espinosa, the host, another PGA uh, professional. And David's on uh, as a guest a lot of times and very interesting perspective from guys that know the game. All right. When we come back, we're going to um, play some sound, uh, some other sound along the lines of what we just talked about. And then, of course, Sam Hauser's got the top five at five. You're listening to Team Talk. Sam Hauser. I'm Joe O'Neill, ESPN Radio, 1017 The Team.